So we, uh, we're all here. We're excited, aren't we? I mean, I think some of us have been counting down the days to today. Some of us have been super excited because uh, we're all looking forward to today. What is the outcome going to be? Uh, we're, just, we're just getting really excited, aren't we? Some more than others. Because uh, we just cannot wait to find out, will, will he see his shadow? Because today it is, it's Groundhog Day. Let's give it up for Groundhog Day. Yes, I... The incredibly scientifically accurate way that we determine whether or not spring is coming or not. So uh, today's the day, and uh, I'm just kidding. Obviously, that's not the big news about today. No, of course, today's big news, the big day today, is that it is Palindrome Sunday. Yes, today is 0202-2020. That's pretty amazing. It hasn't been like this for 900 years. So the date is the same forwards as it is backwards. So I hope, like me, you'll all be celebrating um, Drone Sunday. I'm going to go home this afternoon, listen to some ABBA, uh, wear my t-shirt that says Taco Cats, spelled backwards is Taco Cats, which is just brilliant. So it's true, Taco Cats, backwards, Taco Cats. Yeah, every Sunday you learn something. It's a great church to be a part of. Welcome to Connect. Um, <laughs> Oh, and there's a football game on as well, apparently tonight. Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, every year we talk about uh, Super Bowl Sunday. I try really hard. Uh, I wear my football shirt every year uh, because I try really hard to convince people that uh, this is football, but every year I, uh, I fail dismally because you guys are real big football fans, and uh, we'll be celebrating one way or another, and many of you in this room tonight... As the commercials come toward the end, you'll be, shh, 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 guys, the game's starting. We've got to pay attention and watch the game. I, on the other hand, as the game comes to a pause, I'll be going, shh, 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 guys, guys, the commercials are on. We've got to watch the commercials. Because I don't know about you, but I get excited watching these commercials. I mean, there, we just saw the top five there, and some of those ones, you probably remember when they aired the very first time. Because for many years now, Super Bowl Sunday, advertisers have made a big deal about advertising on this day because they know that most of America will be watching their TVs tonight. They know they've got a captive audience, a lot of people sat watching. So they are willing to go to any extreme. And I mean any extreme. Do you know what 30 seconds will cost an advertiser tonight on Super Bowl Sunday? Anyone want to guess? It's between five and $5.6 million for 30 seconds. And they sold out of all their spots in November. They've been sold out, Fox has, since November. Now that's just the cost of airing it. That's not including the cost of making it, the cost of paying whatever celebrity you've managed to, to grab, to, to um, put in, to brand your product. So, so this could be like $10 million per commercial. But they're all counting on the fact that you will watch that commercial and tomorrow you'll be talking about that one Doritos ad where that one song was playing and we got to see Sam Elliott dance to Old Town Road. Check this out. Make your move, cowboy. I got the horses in the bag, horse stock is attached, head is mad at black, got the boosters black to match, riding on a horse, ha, you can whip your board. 
Porsche now. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. Yeah, I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. <laughs> <laughs> Who got next? New Doritos Cool Ranch just got cooler. I ain't dancing. <laughs> that will air tonight, and uh, I think Doritos are hoping that you will all be talking about that tomorrow morning. I'm hoping you won't be singing that song now the rest of the morning, and you will actually listen to what I'm going to say. Here's the crazy thing, okay? This isn't a new product. This is Doritos Cool Ranch. It's been around for a while. Okay? They're, they're not saying, hey, you've got to hear about this brand new thing. We're spending 5.6 million plus however much it costs to secure um, those guys and make the commercial. So let's say 10 million. We're spending $10 million just to make sure you keep on eating Cool Ranch Doritos. They've been around for a while, but they're not going anywhere, so keep on eating them. $10 million. And Doritos, I don't know if you know this or not, they're owned by PepsiCo. Okay, they're part of the PepsiCo organization. So tonight, Doritos, Cheetos, Pepsi, Mountain Dew, Soda Stream, Sabre, which is some hummus company. I'm sure you're all familiar with that one. They're all owned by PepsiCo. So every one of those commercials will be paid for by the money that you and I pay out of our addiction to that brown sugared water. Okay. <laughs> Tens of millions of dollars. That's how much these companies think these products are worth and how much they're willing to spend to make sure we know about them. Now, when we talk about it like this, we sit here and think, well, that's ridiculous. Surely that's not a good way to spend money. Surely that's not the best use of that company's money. But obviously, they seem to not care. Their name awareness, the value of their company, the value of you understanding how much or how important they are or even who they are, seems to be the most important thing. As was proved a few years back by this company. It's time for E-Trade, the number one place to invest online. <laughs> Back in the good old days when it only cost you $2 million for 30 seconds during the Super Bowl. Isn't it crazy that these companies are willing to spend so much money, but that's what they feel their product is worth? And this morning, you know, we're, we're kind of tying into the theme of Super Bowl Sunday and commercials are a big deal for, for many of us. So I want to just share for a few minutes this morning just some thoughts about value and worth. And this morning, what our value is, what our worth is this morning. Because we're going to discover that there is actually a way of finding out how much we are worth. Because the reality is there's lots of things in life, aren't there, that, that will affect our self-worth, will affect our um, opinion of our value, what we think we are worth. These things are relationships, failed relationships, careers, your bank balance, 
the likes and thumbs up on your social media accounts, what movies and TVs and commercials are telling us we should look like or should behave like. Some of these things are positive, many of them are negative, and they all have some bearing on what we feel our value is, our sense of worth. Like I say, some of them help, but a lot of them don't. A lot of them can have very negative impact on our sense of value and self-worth. So do you know that 2,000 years ago, there was a guy by the name of Peter. Now you may have heard Peter's name before. Peter was one of the 12 guys who walked with Jesus. One of the disciples. And about 60 years after um, Jesus was born, so about 30 years after the death of Jesus, Peter found himself writing some letters that we still have today in the New Testament. If you go to the New Testament, you can read the first letter that Peter wrote, the second letter that Peter wrote. So Paul wrote a lot of letters in the New Testament as well. And when Paul wrote letters, he tended to write more to to cities and churches in cities, places like Corinth and Rome and Ephesus. But this letter that Peter wrote, it wasn't to a specific city, it was to a specific group of people. He was writing to the followers of Jesus who were scattered all over the Roman Empire at that time. So they found themselves everywhere. There were these new tribe of people that were forming. You had the the Jews who had been very strong and prominent for many years up to the birth of Jesus. A group called the Gentiles. and, And this new group was forming and they were becoming known as followers of Christ or Christians. So Peter writes to these people. Because he thinks it's important that they learn some things. Many of them were in um, a state of persecution because of this newfound faith, because of this uprising, this Christian movement. The Romans were kind of trying to suppress it. So there's a lot of persecution going on. You've seen the movies of the, the uh, Roman amphitheaters and the lions and the Christians being you know, fed to the lions, that kind of thing. So this was all going on in this time. And Peter decides to address some of those issues. So he writes to these people. And we're going to take a moment this morning, we're going to look at just something that he wrote to them, because I think it's going to help us understand this morning our value. Help us understand our worth through the eyes of God, the creator of the universe, the creator of us. What our value is from his perspective. So we'll take a look here at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17. It says, and remember that the heavenly Father... To whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents. So let's just pause here and look at those those two verses. Because I love what Peter is saying here. He's kind of setting the scene for what he really wants to say. but, But he sets the scene by saying, listen, when it comes to God, he has no favorites. That word, no favorites, or has no favorites, in the original Greek language, it was kind of an unusual word. It actually, it literally meant does not receive face. That is, God does not receive anybody's face. He's impartial. Outward appearance doesn't affect the way God views you and me this morning. So wealth, culture, social position, family background, education, beauty, intellect, all those things that in the day and age we live in are swayed, by the opinions of man, those things that people look at us, those things that affect our self-worth and our image, none of those matter to God when it comes to appraising a person's character or worthiness. When it comes to our value or our worth, 
God has no favorites. He's not affected by, by face value, what the world views as, as valuable. He looks to the heart. He looks to who we are. And then he goes on to, to tell these followers of Jesus scattered all over the place to, to live in fear of God and not to be afraid, but to live in reverent fear and respect of God as if they were temporary residents. So what does Peter mean there as if they were temporary residents? Well, do you know what a temporary resident is? Well, it's me. <laughs> it is. It's uh, someone who's not from the place that they currently find themselves in. I, I've got proof. I've got a green card that proves I am a, I'm not from around these parts. And honestly, no matter how hard I try to convince you that I am and I try to fit in, dude, what's up, dog? <laughs> it's pretty obvious I'm not from here. And Peter, he uses this phrase, sojourners, and uh, it means, you know, does, doesn't fit in. And he would have been talking about uh, a, a scenario, a situation that people would be familiar in. Because in that culture, there would have been people from other nations, other countries that moved in. So they knew that they weren't from Jerusalem originally. And Peter's saying, hey, if you're a follower of Jesus, that's kind of how life is for you. This is a temporary residence. Yes, you're living here, and yes, this is your home, but, but this, in the scope of eternity... This is just temporary. So don't get caught up in this life. Don't get caught up in the materialism and the, the pressure of life around you. Don't look for your value and your self-worth in this place because you know what? You're just temporary residents. You're just passing through. This isn't all there is. There is a God in heaven in the scope of eternity and he cares about your worth far more than those that are around you. And then Peter goes on to explain just how much God cares, just how valuable these early Christians and you and me are this morning. So verse 17 said, Remember that the heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residence. Verse 18, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Peter is saying here to these, these early Christians, he's saying thousands of years later to us this morning, a ransom has been paid. We were in bondage, we were in slavery, and, and a ransom was paid. A price was paid to free us. And it wasn't a small price. It was more valuable than silver and gold. I think he, he would have said something like, you know, God went after you with even more passion than Liam Neeson. 
who obviously is very famous for uh, not paying ransoms. If you are looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have money, but what I do have of a very particular set of skills, skills I have acquired over a very long career, skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it, but if you don't, I will look for you, and I will find you, and I will kill you. <laughs> Again, that would have sounded a lot better with Liam Neeson's accent than... Uh... <laughs> He's a bit tougher than I am. When it comes to ransoms, Peter is saying, a ransom has been paid for you. That's how valuable you are. And this ransom, it was even more than silver and gold. Now, here's the thing. When, when Peter is talking here to this original audience, he's not talking about the, the value necessarily of silver and gold, how much silver and gold. He's actually just talking about the concept of silver and gold. In fact, the, the actual phrase just means a few silver coins or a few gold coins. Because he's talking to a group of people who live in a culture that are very familiar with slavery. At this point in history, there would have been about 60 million people in the Roman Empire that were slaves. Now, these weren't people, some might have been, but for the majority, these weren't people that, when we think of slaves, you know, were taken from their country and were captured and were put into slavery against their will. These were people that, because they were born in poverty, the only way they had to survive and live was to serve someone else who could afford to buy them. So they, they were slaves. They worked for someone who had wealth because it was the only way they could survive. But they weren't imprisoned. In fact, they actually could be set free. Any slave at any time in the Roman Empire could have been ransomed, could have been paid for. They could have raised enough money themselves to have bought their freedom. Maybe they would have a relative or a friend. Um, uh, they, they would call this person a redeemer. Sometimes they called them a kinsman redeemer because this person would have been related to them. There'd been some connection with that slave. And he or she could have come with resources to say, I want to pay for this person to be set free. I want to redeem this person. So that's what Peter is talking about here when he's writing to these people. He's saying, when you were set free, it was a little bit like a slave being set free. It was a little bit like the silver or gold coin that one could use to, to purchase the freedom of a slave. But what Jesus did, it was more than one silver coin. It was more than one gold coin. It was more than it would take to set one person free. Because of your value, because of your worth, because of how much God loves you, he paid a far higher price. A price that set everyone free. And that price was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. That's where we this morning can find our value. Because Jesus paid that price for you and for me. And he paid that price for, for some of us here this morning before we even realized before we even understood who Jesus was, he had still paid that price in advance for us. That's how valuable you are. That is what you are worth this morning. And I hope on this Super Bowl Sunday that no one leaves this place with any doubt in their mind of where their true value and true worth comes from. And I hope this morning 
my hope and my prayer is that for some of you, this may come as a surprise. You may have been looking for your value or your worth in this world in which we're a temporary resident, maybe a relationship breakup, a situation at work, a family in which you grew up in. They've affected your view of your value and your self-worth. And I hope and pray that this morning you are surprised, you are excited, you are thrilled to learn the true value. Because when you find out the true value of something, it can change you. It can have a radical effect on your life. Some of you may have seen just recently in the news a great example of that. If you didn't, check this out. I brought in a Rolex watch that I had purchased while I was in the military. After I got out of the service, I had other watches I wore, and I just put this one into a safety deposit box. It stayed there for 30 or 40 years. I only took it out like two or three times to look at it, and that was about the extent of it before I brought it here. The amount that you paid, you even got a 10% discount. It says $345.97. Collectors love this watch because Paul Newman wore it in a movie called Winning. It wasn't this particular model. It did not have the screw-down buttons. The one that Paul Newman wore, currently at auction, those watches are going for approximately $150,000 to $200,000. Your watch is more special. It says, it says Oyster <laughs> on it. And this particular model, being marked Oyster, is extremely, extremely rare. A watch like this at auction is worth about $400,000. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> Don't fall. I'm not done yet. I said a watch like yours because of the condition of it. Basically, it's a new old stock watch. No wear on it. The original foil sticker on the back of it and the fact that we have all this complete documentation here also. Maybe one of the very few in the whole world that still was never worn. Your watch at auction today, five hundred to $700,000. No, I'm very serious. Oh, it's an absolute fabulous find. It's one of the rarest Paul Newman models. And in this condition, I don't think there's a better one in the world. Can't thank you enough for bringing me one of the greatest watches to ever see on Antiques Roadshow. And thank you very much for your service. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Maybe some of you saw that. It was just on the news this last week. I saw it. I was super excited. So I went through my box and I found from back in the 80s my watch that I bought. It was a Swatch watch. <laughs> So I've got to be honest, I'm a little bit excited. I don't know when the Antiques Roadshow are coming through central Illinois, but uh, I think this baby's going to set me up for retirement. So, um, you know, every time I watch that video, I, I get to kind of watch it through that guy's eyes. That guy who spent $370, which back in that time he bought it was like a month's wages. So it was no cheap watch that he bought. He spent a lot of money on it but suddenly discovering the true value, the worth of this watch, hundreds of thousands of dollars, he drops to the ground. He's just blown away. 
I hope and pray this morning that you have that same response, that you realize that's how valuable I am. I, I want you to experience, not just through what I'm saying, I, my prayer this morning, I pray in God, I pray that people will leave just knowing in their heart of hearts their true value, their true worth. It would cause them to drop if they fully understood just how precious they are in God's eyes. That it would silence the lies that the culture puts upon us of where, where we go to sometimes for our value or our worth, that we believe some of the things people say about us or circumstances or the media, whatever it may be. But that we would look to a God in heaven who created us and who loved us so much that he chose to not spend silver or gold, but to, to send his son, the precious lamb of God, to shed his blood. The, I mean, that's, that's more than hundreds of thousands of dollars that you can't put a price tag on what he did because he loves you and he loves me so much. And this morning, he wants you to know him. He wants you to know him. He wants you to understand who he is. If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, he wants you to live in the truth of the fact of who you are and the value that you have in front of him. I believe there is an enemy who wants to lie and wants to speak negative thoughts and wants to put down so you start to forget who you are. But when God looks at you, he sees someone of incredible value and incredible worth and someone who he was willing to send his only son to die for. Do you know, I watched something fascinating happen last weekend. I want to share my thoughts on it and... Um, tie in here as we wrap up this, this message. So last Sunday afternoon, if you're like me, suddenly your social media feed exploded as people got news that Kobe Bryant had died in a helicopter crash. And everyone was posting and everyone was putting pictures and links to news stories and everyone was so sad and I can't believe this tragic news. So sad, so sad and, and so many people and it really was devastating. People were genuinely shocked and sad and upset when they read this. It affected people when they read it. And then, I kind of guess that this might happen, there was a little bit of a backlash where, where some started to post, well, what about the other people? Why don't people care about the other people who died? And then about 24 hours later, other people started to post other, well, what about this person who died? What about these soldiers who died? You know, why, why do these celebrities get so much attention in their death and, and we don't care about people like this who died serving their country? And I don't think it's because we don't care. And I felt sad that people weren't allowed to grieve. And, and here's my thought. Here, here's what I think when I kind of looked at that situation. It's not that his death was any sadder than somebody else who dies in tragic circumstances. It's that this is a person many of us have grown up watching on our TVs, in our living rooms. We've seen him play games. We've seen him play sports. We've seen him um, since he's retired on sports shows, on YouTube videos of things he's done. I mean, it, it's almost like we know him. Obviously, we don't know him, but, but he's such a larger-than-life character. He's such a huge celebrity that, that for many of us, it's like there's a connection. It's like we know him. So I think what happened last weekend is when, when Kobe Bryant died, people responded as if someone they knew and cared about died. It's not that we don't care when someone else dies, but, or that that death is any less or more tragic or less or more important. But when someone you love and care about, when someone you know dies, it has a different effect on you than when someone who you don't know. 
And I know we don't know him, but because of his celebrity status, it's like we do. And I think that's why it affected people so much. And I was thinking about it, and for us as humans, and sometimes how we deal with grief, you know, when, when it's with somebody who we know, it's different, isn't it? It has a different effect on us than someone we don't know. It's not that we don't care, it just affects us differently because there is some kind of emotional connection, some kind of investment there. I want to tell every one of you here this morning that God knows you. God knows you individually. God knows you personally. God knows you intimately. Your life isn't just a, oh, that's one of those situations. No, he knows you. There is a connection that God has with you personally, every one of you. And the reality is, some of you know God the way he knows you. You've, you've, you've responded to that connection. There is a relationship that is developing between you and God. You've, um, some of you, it's been years now, some very recently, but there is a relationship where, where you've realized uh, you're turning your attention to God. You want him to be a part of your life. You're following him. You're starting to, to follow the teaching of Jesus. And, and because he knows you, you now are responding to knowing him. But I wonder if there are some here this morning that despite the fact that God knows you, you've yet to connect with him in the same way. And he desperately wants that relationship with you. In fact, another one of the disciples, John, he also wrote some letters that show up in the New Testament. Listen to what John says when he's writing. He says, see how very much our father loves us? For he calls us his children. And that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world, they don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. John wants us to know this God who looks at us, each of us, like we're his children. God knows all of us, whether we acknowledge him or not. And he doesn't want you to die not knowing him. Because he knows you are a temporary resident. That this isn't all there is. So my prayer on this, this Super Bowl Sunday is that you would know how much he loves you, that you are incredibly valuable, more than silver, more than gold, more than 10 Super Bowl commercial spots, so valuable that you were worth paying a price for, you were worth redeeming. And I don't want this, this day to pass without all of us realizing that. So we're going to pray now to close, and if you want to close your eyes, and I'm going to pray in just a second, but right before I do, you can talk to God in this place. You can, you can thank God for your value. You don't have to speak out loud. Just right now, you can pray to him, say, God, thank you that you loved me so much. Maybe for some of you, as you pray that prayer, it'll be a re repeat of a prayer that you've prayed many times before. But I hope and pray that there's at least one, some people this morning who for the very first time are saying, God, I didn't realize that I was that valuable. I've listened to the lies for too long. I didn't realize that when you see me, you see something of incredible value. And God, I want to know you. I want to know you the way you know me. Father, I pray for everyone here today. Lord, as we laugh at the amount of money a company will pay for 30 seconds on TV, it gets us thinking about what we place value on and what we place worth on. And the truth is, Lord, 
Some of us, the most valuable things on this planet look at us through the lens of lies. The lens of media or broken relationships or jobs that we lost or whatever it might be that affects our our sense of value, our sense of worth. But Jesus, help us never forget that you see us as having incredible value and incredible worth. I pray, Lord, that everyone this morning would leave this place like the guy with the watch, being just bowled over how much we are truly worth. That much? Yes, that much. Thank you, Jesus, that you loved us so much. You were willing to pay such a high ransom to redeem us. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.